We're Talking Wellness at Memorial Care Health System. It's time for a weekly dose of wellness. Here's Deborah Howell. And welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today we'll be talking tonsils. They're not just a kid's problem anymore. Our guest is Dr. Kathy Usaikin, an otolaryngology surgeon at Long Beach Memorial. Welcome, Dr. Usaikin. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. So our tonsils and our adenoids are the body's first line of defense for the immune system, but we often hear about them being removed. Most of the time, children have their tonsils removed, but there are some cases where adults also need them removed. So, Doctor, my first question to you is, what are tonsils and what is their role in our body? So the tonsils are visible as two round lumps of tissue in the back of the throat. Um, It's sandwiched between two tonsillar pillars. And the role of the tonsil, um, in addition to the role of the adenoids, is to survey bacteria and viruses that enter through the nose or mouth. What it is, it's lymphoid tissue that's very similar to the lymph nodes um, in the rest of the body, such as the lymph nodes in the groin or underneath the arms. Um, Their purpose is to survey for any sort of viral bacterial infection. I see. Okay. And the same, what are the adenoids? So the adenoids is... Um, not readily visible on physical exam, but can be seen as on a lateral neck x-ray as a lump of tissue that's above the palate, which is the roof of the mouth, and it's superior to the location of the tonsils in the region in the back of the nose called the nasal pharynx. Okay, and you, you often hear people in, in my business radio go, oh, I feel a little adenoidal today. <laughs> what does that mean? So what that means is when you first are getting sick or when you first catch a virus, there is a sensation of inflammation. Some patients describe it as fullness. Some patients describe it as irritation, maybe even a sore throat. But the location of it is in the region of the adenoids um, in the tonsils. Because when we first are exposed to a virus, this lymphoid tissue then works over time and becomes enlarged and inflamed and at times can become so enlarged that it collects bacteria and you can get a secondary bacterial tonsillitis that requires antibiotic treatment. Okay, so you hinted at this already, but what are the full set of problems that can affect the tonsils and the adenoids? Oh, so contributing factors, um, we want to make sure that the patient does not have any allergies, which can be ruled out with a simple allergy test. That's a blood test. We want to make sure that other conditions such as um, gastroesophageal reflux disease would be under control because that can chronically irritate the tonsils and adenoids as well. commonly known as GERD. GERD, exactly. So, doctor, what symptoms can let you know when to see your doctor? Well, if you're having infections that are very frequent and recurrent, um, the Academy guidelines state seven infections in one year, five infections per year over the course of two years. Um, or three infections per year over the course of three years. And if the infections are that frequent and recurrently um, happening to the point where the patient is missing school or missing work, then that's time to go um, see your doctor regarding the possibility of a tonsillectomy instead of taking antibiotics recurrently. Um, the other symptom is chronic throat pain. So if your throat is chronically irritated, it may be secondary to tonsil stones, which are debris and particles from food that swallow that gets caught in the tonsils. That can cause a chronic localized inflammatory reaction in a chronic sore throat. Um, 
what can also prompt a visit to the doctor is ear pain. Surprisingly, the cause of a lot of ear pain is not ear infection. A lot of the times the eardrum will look clear, but a tonsil infection can radiate pain to the ear because the same nerve that innervates the ear also innervates the throat. Um, so these are some of the most common reasons that bring patients to CCS. Uh, maybe one additional one that I can think of is halitosis, which is bad breath. A lot of the times when tonsils are chronically infected, um, patients will get their teeth checked. They can't figure out what the source of the bad breath is from. It's actually from their tonsils. Interesting. The ears and the tonsils and the breath all connected. Doctor, I know tonsil removal is common in children, but can you describe why some adults also need to get them removed as well? Yes. Um, there are actually multiple reasons. Um, the most common reason I see is for recurrent infection, and the American Academy of Otolaryngology, the criteria states seven infections in one year um, or five infections over the course of two years or three infections over the course of three years. Another common problem that brings um, patients in for evaluation for tonsillectomy is if they have enlarged tonsils. Um, that can lead to snoring and sometimes even a more serious condition called obstructive sleep apnea, where the tonsils are so large that they obstruct the airway and the patient actually becomes hypoxemic secondary to the obstruction. Um, it's a less, problem, less common result, reason for tonsillectomy in adults rather than in kids. However, this is still a serious concern. Um, so frequently I ask patients what the symptoms of snoring are, whether they have any apnea, sometimes it's better to ask the spouse if they hear any pauses in breathing, if they are experiencing any daytime sleepiness um, or difficulty concentrating. All those may be signs or symptoms of obstructive sleep apnea that may be secondary to tonsillar enlargement. Um, so the third reason may be tonsil stones, which are uh, old fruit and debris that gets caught in the tonsillar crypt and tissue, uh, very similar to the interdental plaque that can cause halitosis, which is bad breath. A lot of people, after they've had their teeth checked, they realize with persistent halitosis, it's either one of two things. It's chronic tonsillitis or uncontrolled GERD. Um, and lastly, this is a, a rare cause um, of tonsillectomy, but interestingly enough, the nerve that innervates the ear also innervates the throat. So hmm. tonsil infections, um, and especially pain after tonsillectomy, can sometimes manifest as sharp shooting ear pain, which a lot of people don't know. So um, if a patient is experiencing persistent ear pain but not having any drainage and the eardrum looks clear and without evidence of infection, um, it may be wise to take a look and examine the tonsils to see if that's the cause. Interesting. Now, is tonsil surgery for adults different than that for children? It is. Um, because adults have had more uh, episodes of infection, the dissection tends to be a little bit more difficult due to scarring of the plane. Therefore, the risk of bleeding is slightly higher. I mean, the risk of bleeding in a tonsillectomy is a very safe procedure. It's usually less than 1% in children. In adults, it's slightly higher. It's about 2 to 3%, not anything that significant. Um, in terms of recovery, the recovery is longer sounds counterintuitive, but um, adults actually take two weeks, sometimes even three, to recover because of the pain and the swelling. Um, <clears throat> what we do, or what I do to help with that, is I do inject numbing medication 
in the fossa where the tonsils were after they'd been removed, which I I think helps with the first couple of days post-op. Um, about a week out, patients tend to get very, very swollen, and that swelling in the throat is what causes a lot of pain. I so see. I prescribe topical numbing medication and steroids to decrease inflammation. And most people do very well, but say, for example, a patient has a child who had a tonsil, uh, lectomy and adenoidectomy, and the recovery may have been just a couple days, and the child may have gone back to eating after three days. For adults, it's very different. I prepare them before surgery very well that they're going to be um, having a really bad uh, episode of throat pain, very similar to strep throat for at least two weeks. Wow. And it's not unusual for them to feel worse before they feel better. And no hot sauce, and I'm sure you have a whole regimen. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. You know, what's best for that is actually smoothies and jamba juice, anything that's cold. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid dairy in my patients because I feel like it makes the mucus thicker and their throat already hurts, then it's harder to clear the mucus. So maybe gelato instead of the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> are there any additional treatment options? Yes. Um, sometimes there are underlying conditions, such as allergies, acid reflux, um, that can contribute to the chronic tonsil infection. In terms of the allergies, a lot of times we'll manage these patients on a trial of nasal steroid sprays, such as Flonase or Nasonex, um, over-the-counter allergy medications, such as Claritin or Allegra, um, or even recommend allergy shots to those with severe uh, multiple environmental allergies. Um, chronic acid reflux can also cause um, seeding of bacteria in the throat and lead to recurrent or chronic tonsillitis. So we want to make sure that any patient with GERD has also managed their uh, GI issues. Usually, frequently, it's with a proton pump inhibitor, as you've seen over-the-counter Prevacid or Prilosec. Um, lastly, they can try gargling after each meal, and I usually recommend there's an antibiotic gargle called Paradex, um, and that just reduces the accumulation of tonsil stones debris in the tonsil to decrease the likelihood of an infection. Okay. Now, I have two more questions for you, doctor. The first is, after the tonsils are removed and everybody's healed, is there any function that the tonsils had played that, you know, that you miss? That's an excellent question, and I get that question a lot from parents. Um, they used to believe that because the tonsils, the adenoids, or lymphoid tissue, if you remove them, that it would compromise the uh, patient's immune system. So that is actually incorrect. Um, we have lymph nodes and lymphoid tissue all over our body, and the percentage of um, the tonsils, adenoids, and the, the percentage that it contributes to the clearance of viruses, bacteria from the bloodstream is relatively small in comparison to the remainder of the lymphoid tissue in the body, which then picks up plaque. So the current um, thought process is that removing the tonsils, the adenoids, actually does not compromise the immune system. In my opinion, it actually helps because it gets rid of these recurrent infections that are chronically activating the immune system. Awesome. Got it. Okay. And doctor, where can listeners go to get more information about the treatments available at Long Beach Memorial? So for patients with this condition, they can go to 1-800-MEMORIAL, M-E-M-O-R-I-A-L, for further information. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Dr. Usaikin, for taking the time to talk to us today about our tonsils. 
No problem. Thank you so much again for having me. And again, for more information or to listen to a podcast of this show, please go to memorialcare.org. That's all for this time. I am Deborah Howell. Thanks for listening and have yourself a great day.